0: Good evening. As Becky had said, thank you. Uh, I know Pastor Phil and uh, Trinity Covenant has some very special people to me. Barb Ettinger was on staff with me at Crossroads Community Church, a church plant in Vernon. Back in the day, she was uh, somebody that helped hire me. I was running an orphanage in Guatemala, and uh, Barb gave me a chance. She said, let's have this guy come up. So I was a youth pastor in Vernon for five years. I'm now in Litchfield. I've served there for three years. And so Phil Beatty and Barb have been very special to me. Uh, And so you have high caliber, I want to say from my own personal experience, and eight years later, you have high caliber, competent, godly people in your church. And those are two great examples. Barb has been a mentor. I had breakfast with her at the Landmark last week. She was speaking into my life, and everything she said was prophetic and golden. And Phil, we meet more than I'm going to tell you right now, or Jen, but me and Phil hang out a lot. I was actually assessed with Phil for church planning in May, and we've been on that journey together. So, a very special friend of mine. So, great to be here tonight. I want to start with a story, and I hope you can remember it, and I hope you can take it home. I've been out of college for a while. But in central Virginia, I was going to college. At this time in my life, I was lifting weights a lot. I mean, too much. It was a Christian college, so, you know, that's what I did. If I was not reading my Bible, I'd go work out. I was taking a lot of creatine at the time, so I didn't have a neck. I was wearing extra small shirts when I was a size medium. You you know that guy? I was that guy. I was jacked. It was water mass. It was creatine. But I was cocky, so cocky. I can't explain to you the cockiness, the levels of cockiness in this moment. And in this time, in this time period, I go and I hike Crabtree Falls in central Virginia. I go with some friends. I'm following this friend of mine that he's actually grew up as a missionary kid in Africa. So whereas I was in my backyard and I had a little tree fort and I hit, like, (coughs) sticks against a tree, this guy was climbing mountains. Jumping boulders, you know, different lifestyle. So we're in this Crabtree Falls, and I want you to hear me. We start hiking this, and there's the spectator path. There's this tourist way to go around this. There's man-made steps, and there's little spots with fences so you won't get hurt and you won't fall, and you can stop and sightsee. And so we did that for a couple minutes, and then me and my cocky friends are like, "Let's get the real experience." And so we get off the beaten path and we start climbing this thing. And it's slippery and it's dirty and it's scary. And we're getting up there and, you know, I think, I think I'm all that. I'm lifting weights, I'm buff, I'm all full of creatine. I'm just lifting, going up here. And we get to close to the top of this thing. This cliff. And the friend in front of me, the missionary kid, he takes a leap. He takes a leap beyond what he can grasp. And he grabs on to the next piece of this rock, right? And he, he keeps going like it's nothing. But I, <laughs> I stay back in this position. And I have went as far as the creatine is going to take me. Do you understand? I have went as far as my cockiness is going to take me. My own strength is going to take me. And I'm stuck in this part of the cliff. And there's about 60 seconds. And I think I have three options. I come up with three options in my head. And I want to give these to you. In this message tonight, I feel has been very personal to me. My prayer, my hope that it's personal to you is where you're at as a church in transition. Where you're at in your own faith, as God is calling you to take steps of faith and courage. And where we're at in just Christianity as a whole and what we're dealing with. There is one option for us. There is one option. But I think, for this moment, going back to the cliff, and I'm hanging there wondering what to do, I think I have three options. So do you want to hear them? I think I have three options. Number one, I think I'm just going to stay there. That's what goes through my head real quick. Can I just stay here in this moment? And what do you think? Is that a moment I can stay in? I can enjoy the scenery. I can look back. It's a couple hundred feet down. But slowly, I'm just going to get more desperate. And I'm going to try to grab on too tight. And it's just going to be this, like... ...pathetic moment. And at the end of it, what's going to happen? I'm going to fall. So option one's off the table. I considered it. Option two is I'm going to go back down the way I came. I thought I could somehow, you know... ...go back, weasel my way out. But it, it would be worse. It would be pathetic. And I would still end up falling. Most chances. Most likely. So my only really option is... ...is to go and to reach beyond my grasp... ...to take a kind of jump... ...and to grab onto that next piece in the rock. And so after dealing with the fear... ...the anxiety, the overthinking about it... ...I jump. And I grab on. And here I am today speaking to you. Thank God. In our Christian faith... ...the only option is to jump. The only option is to go beyond your reach. The only option is to trust God... ...and that He's going to be there... So I had this story in 2 Kings, this crazy story, and I wanted to read it to you. The story of Elijah and Elisha. So if you know about Elijah, he's like the Old Testament prophet. He's the man. He goes up to Mount Carmel. He challenges all the false prophets, all the false idols. Fire comes down on his offering. It's soaked in water. He prays and it doesn't rain for how long? Three years. The king dies. People are healed. He is this man of the Old Testament. He's this hero of the faith, Elijah. And he's about to die. And then you have Elijah, his student... He's been following. Can you imagine what it's like? He's been foreshadowing him, seeing all this stuff going on. So he's following him. Elijah is about to be taken into heaven. All the other prophets and the sons of the prophets—they're watching. They're across the river, watching, wondering what's going to happen. Eyes are glued. People are thinking. I'm sure people are afraid. What is going to happen in this transition? So let me catch you up to speed in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. When he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And then he took up the cloak of Elijah... ...that had fallen from him. And he went back and he stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah... ...that had fallen from him... ...and he struck the water... ...saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water... ...the water was parted... ...to the one side and to the other... ...and Elisha went over. Now when the sons of the prophets... ...who were at Jericho saw him opposite them... ...they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him... ...and they bowed down to the ground before him. In this story, it's a pretty crazy story. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. This story has stuck out to me in the last months. Just thinking about this double portion. I've been looking at it a lot, the different translations. What does it mean? In this transition with Elijah to Elisha. In three things, there's a lot in this story... But three things really stick out to me in this. And I hope you hear them. I hope God uses it and speaks to you in these three things. I find Elisha asking boldly in this situation. He asks boldly for a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. So you can read that quickly and be like, wow, Elisha, he's kind of arrogant. That's kind of a bold thing to ask. Where's he coming from in that? So my question to you is, is he arrogant? Is he pushy? Is he asking too much? Or is he very self-aware? Does he know that to fill the shoes of Elijah, to lead ministry in this time, to do what God has called him to do, he needed every piece of God's power, a double portion in his life. He needed God to show up. Notice how he didn't say, Elijah, can you leave me the five irrefutable laws of your leadership? He didn't ask for his journal. He asked for his power. He asked for the spirit of God that was in Elijah to now be in him. If you're going to go out into the calling that God has in your life... ...no matter what you're in, no matter what vocation... ...God has called you, loves you, wants to his power and his presence and his love to be represented in you... ...in everything you do... And you cannot do that in your own strength. The same as me on that cliff, I'm done, right? (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. You're only going to get so far. As a church... ...as a Christ follower... ...and to follow God's calling in your life. You need God's power. May you ask. May you boldly ask and expect Him to show up. Secondly, I realize... ...that he experiences God on the move. When I read this, I realize the prophets that are across the river... ...they see a whirlwind. They see Elijah get caught up in a whirlwind. But only Elisha sees the chariots of fire. I don't know about you, and I don't know where you're at in your faith journey... ...but I can say a lot that has happened in mine has been very personal. Has been very intimate. God has spoken to me, has led me to do things that no one else understands parents, best friends, people that care for you the most. Have you experienced God? Will you continually to go to Him and expect Him to show up and may you encounter Him in new ways and go forth in obedience with what He says and what He puts on your heart? He experiences God in a real way. I cannot do anything that God's called me to do if I was just listening to everyone else, if I was comparing myself to everybody else, if I was just looking at what the other pastors were doing, what other people were doing, but I have to go with the word that God puts on my heart. Through scripture, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through my relationship with him, I go forth. And in that experience, I have have seen miracles. I have seen God's provision. I have seen God's power and his grace and his love. And from that personal witness, from that personal experience, I go forth. I do what I do. And I trust him to be there. Lastly, he steps out in faith and he desperately asks God to show up. Can you imagine the scene? He takes the cloak of Elijah. He goes to the river. All the eyes of the other prophets are on him. Can you imagine the the guts (laughs) that it takes for him to do this in that moment? For him to take that cloak and to slap it on the river and to call out where is the God of Elijah. If you're going to do what God has called you to do personally. If you're going to do what you as a church God is calling you to do. It takes faith. It takes courage. It takes you to step out in action and expect and to desperately need God to show up. If you're just doing things in your own strength, in your own way, in your own skill set, and if you're not taking the steps where God has to show up, what are you doing? What are you doing? Can you imagine if this would fail? I, you know, I think this story through. You know, he's like slapping the river, he has to slap it again, or he just walks away. This is a pretty bold move. This is a pretty courageous, faith-filled moment. In front of all these people, God... Where is the God of Elijah? Show up. My question, thinking about this story... ...is Elijah, ask Elijah to have a double portion. And what does Elijah say? If you see me taken up. And so I read some commentaries on that. I guess, I'm sure there's conjecture on that. But it's interesting to think of, maybe Elijah said that. To know that this was going to happen with Elijah... But as a reminder for Elijah, that the God that worked in Elijah's life, the God that took you know, went to Mount Carmel, set this offering of, of soaked in water, set it on fire, healed the sick, raised the dead, stopped the rain, poured down the rain, killed the evil king, spoke to Elijah in a whisper in a rock on a mountain, and now replaces him with Elijah, that same God is the same God that's now going to work in Elijah's life. And that same God is the same God that's going to work in your life and in my life and in Trinity Covenant. May you go forth and may you expect God to show up. May you need him to show up. We live in this postmodern world. I work at a church where a lot of people don't claim absolute truth. Everyone has their own truth. That's where our Christianity is at today. That's where our churches are up against. That's where your faith is up against. And so I challenge you to continue to ask boldly of God. To continue to experience Him personally, personally, intimately. And to ask Him to show up. ...in this world that is craving something authentic... ...that is craving something real... ...is going to see it in you. Is going to see it in you when you take steps of faith... ...things that you couldn't do on your own... ...and as they watch God show up in your life... ...as they watch you live it and not just talk about it... ...may they come to faith. The last thing that Manchester needs... ...the last thing that this church needs... ...the last thing that our world leads right now in this postmodern world... ...is another person that just adheres to this set of beliefs. We do not need, if I can say... ...without trying to push the line too much... ...we do not need another Christian that just has a set of beliefs... ...but we need Christians who have behavior. Who have faith. And who act accordingly because that's going on in their heart and in their lives. Again, we don't need people that just say, yes, I believe this, 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 and this we need people that actually act on it. And actually go forth based on that truth. And experience God in real ways. Our world needs you to show it. To sacrifice. To selflessly give. And to boldly follow God's prompting in your life. So as I'm wrapping up, can you think about... ...what God has led you to do lately? Can you think about the last time you've been intimate with him? Are you acting in faith based on that? There's this poem by Robert Browning and it goes, Ah, but a man's reach should exceed his grasp or what's a heaven for? Ladies and gentlemen, you are on that cliff. Without trying to be too dramatic, you are on that cliff in your faith and Christianity as a church maybe. Where are you going to go? Are you going to go back? Are you going to try to just hold on to the good old days? Are you going to try to hold on to where you're at right now? Or are you going to reach beyond your grasp? Are you going to go where God leads you... ...and trust Him to show up? John Perkins says this. He's the founder of uh, CCDA. He once said, God throughout time has depended upon His people... ...to step onto the battlefield. To assume responsibility. To take the lead... ...and to make his love visible to an unbelieving and to a mocking world. I ask you tonight to have a Christianity that's filled with courage. And what courage is in my book is faith in action. So in one way or another, you have an Elijah. Pastor Frank has just driven from California... The word in the street is, this man has done some crazy things for God. Just like Elijah ran as well. I don't know if he ran, but he drove like two straight days to get here. A man for you to serve Christ and to seek God's face of the future of this church. May you follow Jesus. May you follow Frank as he follows him in faith and trusting God to show up. In some ways you have an Elijah... My friend Phil has been a youth minister here for 10 years. I've watched him as I'm going through that as well. Go through this process and go through this calling God has put on our hearts. And in many ways, he has grabbed that cloak and he has put it in the river. And he has asked God, the God of Elijah, to show up. May you pray for him. May you support him. May you be, for them, for, be there for him and his family. May you experience God personally and intimately in closing. May you go forth with courage, boldness, heroic faith. And as you reach beyond your grasp, as you take that next leap, may the God of Elijah be with you now and forever. Amen.